Hello and welcome to Level Up and Friends. For those of us from the video game and comic store, Level Up Entertainment, get together with some friends and we talk about things. Uh, I'm your host, Scott, and uh, joining me this week is uh, my friend, Brozef. Hello, folks. How's it going today? Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. Um, we're talking about Tears of the Kingdom. I know, finally, it's been out for a while, but, uh, you know, in talking, trying to get someone to come on with me, I was waiting until people like felt comfortable enough in, in their progress because... Uh, as we'll discover, even though you and I were playing it at the same time and put out in a similar amount of hours, we did vastly different like gameplay experiences, um, which is part of what's fun about it. And I think uh, you and I have had some interesting conversations. I thought maybe it would be fun um, to play with, but like you know, uh, so just to get people started, I have a, several podcasts already dedicated on like my opinions and history with the legend of zelda well, let's let the people at home get to know you a little bit so what's your history with the zelda franchise all right well the history with the zelda franchise was actually all the way back on the n64 so unfortunately i didn't have a super nintendo myself uh, but first and foremost i just want to say thanks for allowing me on scott i do appreciate it and of course. i do appreciate you valuing my opinions on a lot of this stuff uh even if we do differ on a lot of it but yeah at the same well, time uh, growing up with the N64 and following, you know, Ocarina of Time, uh, frankly, I was actually too uh, scared to play Majora's Mask when I was a kid. It creeped me out. So um, the actual first one that I owned, uh, funny enough, was Babby's first Zelda, Wind Waker. And yeah. from there, um, I guess my opinions have uh, pretty much centered around Zelda for its uh, large exploration and also its focus on compelling storylines and i think overall just the care that has gone into each and every entry of the series even if i've had some let's say not so stellar experiences with most of them i think overall that the uh, genre of the action adventure could not be represented by a better hero than link and all of our favorite characters in hyrule so so just to give real quick uh what are some of your favorite zelda games what are some of your least favorite so my favorite Zelda games, um, I'd have to put Wind Waker up there just sheerly for how much I enjoyed it and uh, really got wrapped up in it. And as I said, I played uh, Ocarina of Time, but you know, never really got all the way through it as a kid. Um, so when I played Wind Waker and certain twists happened, that hit twice as hard. And you know, never saw some of the other ones coming. Maybe if I played Ocarina of Time, not so much. But I'd say overall, as far as tone is concerned, and I think overall scale, um, I think Twilight Princess was my favorite, and I think Breath of the Wild turned into my favorite uh, very quickly after it launched. It actually reinvigorated my passion in video games, and um, I was eagerly awaiting the sequel. So yeah. I still say Breath of the Wild is, up, is the top, though. Okay, and then what's your least favorite of the ones you've played? Skyward Sword. Okay, so <laughs> the reason I wanted to ask these up top is some of my favorite Zelda games are mm -hmm. uh, Majora's Mask, Skyward Sword, Link's Awakening. My, so I also do love Wind Waker too, mm -hmm. but like mm -hmm. it's probably more of like a top five than a top three. Mm -hmm. I don't know; it depends on the day when you ask me. But then some of my least favorites are my least favorite is Twilight Princess. Uh, probably <laughs> Breath of the Wild's probably t more towards the middle bottom for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just wanted to give people an idea like, you know, hey, we're still friends. We have wildly different appearance, uh, opinions on this franchise that we both like. So oh, yeah. make, I just wanted to get that up front before we start digging into our specific thoughts on Tears of the Kingdom. Because you and I have been talking about it since it's as we've been playing it since it com comes out. Mm -hmm. um, usually between our Dungeons and Dragons sessions. 
So uh, I just want people to know that we are still friends and we do like this this series, <laughs> despite the things we're about to say. Well, I was, I was going to say, I think that, one another. I was going to say that I think that conversation about the ranking is what really started. You say like, as soon as I said it, and as yeah. soon as we gave each other the rankings, you were like, you got to come on this podcast. Yeah, and... I was like, yeah, it's very different. Um, so, I'm not saying like right. my taste is like particularly like high class or bougie or whatever. Like, Oh, no, no. Like, like, I, like, yeah, like, like I'll, I'll not an obscure thing. It's my favorite video game franchise. Like, yeah, and, and, I'll get, and I'll give context about, you know, why, you know, certain parts of the franchises I chose hit home for me. But ultimately um i'll let you start off so yeah how, so, how would you uh, like to go up let's get into tears of the kingdom that's the that's the reason we're here um mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. for the beginning of this uh we'll let people know we're going to get into spoilers but for mm-hmm. now i think let's just start with our general thoughts and impressions of this game i'll go first i thought breath of the wild was a great foundation i didn't i think everything that that game set out to do it did well the things it set out to do are not necessarily what I they they removed a lot of things I like in the Zelda series. Um, and I thought that a sequel had, especially using that same world as like a basis, like a Majora's Mask type sequel, like could be improved on a way that was really satisfying to me. And I think that Tears of the Kingdom hit more of the the it hit all of the Zelda checkboxes that I thought Breath of the Wild was missing for me. And so I I how do you feel about it then in terms of like comparing it to breath of the wild? Um, I would, I would actually agree when you first started off with breath of the wild, I think yeah. as far as um, even that lofty statement I mentioned before about reinvigorating my passion in video games, the reason that it did was that I saw the potential and I saw the future. So I saw the foundation that breath of the wild set out to do. And frankly, I'm also a huge fan of monolith soft as well. So that's also a Nintendo property. I'm a big Xenoblade fan. So the idea of them working together and frankly, all their work that they were doing with some of the other DLCs too, they put in solid work for Nintendo. So collaborating together to create a vast open world was something that I thought was a great launching point for the series. Because that's, I think, what it needed. Ultimately, it had all the advantages of, let's say, the Great Sea. I thought it had, uh, of Wind Waker, I thought it had more to do. And even with like the weapon durability, even with like the lack of caves and people saying that there's no appropriate dungeons in the game, I think overall it hit what I wanted because it was that exploration that I craved for the series. Mm -hmm. And it also involved some of the smaller things that weren't these bombastic set pieces. It was the tiny bits. It was the interludes between all of what you were doing. So as far as Breath of the Wild goes, that was where my interest lied the most. Um, full disclosure, I am also a huge collectathon fan. So a big fan of the 3D platformers, the N64, Banjo-Kazooie is one of my favorites. And I even love Donkey Kong 64 to give you an idea of the inanity that I go through for collecting yeah. some of these things. And now, now pe- people at home know that I do not share that opinion. <laughs> exactly. So, again, I think that's why this is an interesting conversation because... <laughs> Mm-hmm. We're, we're getting we're looking for different things in the same game and kind mm-hmm. of getting a different experience because of it right so as far as the world of hyrule now um obviously there are three different tiers there's three different levels and on paper sounds like a good idea i think overall it could have been handled better i 
thought on the one hand, you know, uh, you know, going up sheer size and scale for everything. That's fun. That's nice. But now you're kind of encountering different problems. And I figured it was almost too much for me. And like I said, that collectathon brain's firing on all cylinders. So my biggest thing is I want to go to that mountain over there. I want to go to that sky island over there. And I couldn't get to it. I had yeah. to go back down. I had to go on the earth and then, or Hyrule Plains, and then figure all that stuff out and then figure out how to get up there. Or there's the entirety of the depths that is considered. And I'll get further into that. Overall, yeah, I overall, know you have stuff to say about the depths. Yes. Um, but that being said, overall impressions, um, I admire the scale that they tried to bring. Although I think overall something was lost in the implementation of both the sky, the depth and the depths added to Hyrule and all the caves. Did I like the caves? Yeah. Oh, and I just want to mention before I go any further, I have uh, every single shrine and I have every single light route. I've done every major side quest and I I have not gotten all the Koroks yet. That's the one thing I have not gotten in this I don't game. count anyone not counting all the Koroks as part of 100%. Uh, I, and then I have also, I have not gotten all the shrines mm-hmm. and I have not, I've barely explored the depths mm-hmm. because those things were like at a certain point, mm-hmm. I think I was telling you because I got to the end game before you. Yes. And I was like, all right, I'm going to try to wrap up. I, I at least wrapped up the major side quests because mm-hmm. We'll get into it with spoilers, but I really, really enjoyed that aspect of this game versus the first. Mm-hmm. But like getting the shrines and other things were like not as compelling for me this time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's okay. Like I was still able to defeat the final boss, you know, and I still had a good time. And like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah you, got, it, you, it, you had the experience you wanted. So yeah, and was... not doing that stuff didn't like change the story in any negative way. Which sure. I know you have on the story, but I was all I was all I was bringing that up was it wasn't a flex. It was really just a ma- it was a means to show that um, I did try as much as possible to experience the full game as much as I did. And I'll admit, as the game went on, uh, things got easier. Traversal became much less of a pain, a pain, and whether that was intentional or not is some of the question. But Overall, my opinion did improve by the end. I will say that. So it started yeah. off uh, a bit lower. It kind of like sky high expectations, partially my fault, lowered uh, to pretty much bottom through the beginning. But as I progressed through it, it kind of leveled out uh, towards the end. So that would yeah. be my overall impressions. And I will say, like, I feel like the the feeling of like growing in power in this game, I think is at least as good as it is in breath of the wild especially because they're Mm -hmm. not how you usually get you gain in power or whatever in zelda games is like you'd have to get like the specific item which could then open up like other paths and like techniques and stuff for you whereas like in this because of the open-ended nature of it like there kind of is something like that with this but like that's not really um like I, i think then yeah as you get more games i will say this game's really item grindy which is not love, love that 1.0 love that 1.0 baby i have not updated since <laughs> yeah i'm not happy i updated yeah uh, well there's other duplication clauses and i things know like that, that. Was so easy it was it was and i st- <laughs> i still do it <laughs> yeah so like that's you can we can argue whether or not that's a flaw <laughs> of the game or, or or not but um i'm not holding it yeah uh, in but fact so it made, over- it made it better 
overall, you like the game, you would recommend it. Um, I would say if you enjoyed the gameplay of Breath of the Wild, then yes, I would definitely recommend this. If you were maybe disappointed, I'd say it's an overall improvement from a Game Boy game. Well, in certain ways, I think this can be considered a partially gameplay improvement. It's like a half step improvement mm-hmm. to Breath of the Wild. And I would recommend it because I would like to see, you know, every Zelda fan, I think should get this no matter what. Yeah. That being said, I think your experience may differ. So just keep that in mind that, you know, greatest, greatest rated game of all time, similar to Breath of the Wild when it came out, it was very polarizing. Um, Yeah, I don't, I was polarized on it with my friends. So exactly. So I, I anticipate similar things to this. I've already seen, very polarizing opinions uh, emanate from this. Granted, it's online discussion. So, you know, oh yeah, I really so by that so much. <laughs> exactly, but but, you... but no, I I I think this game kind of. I don't think I can go back to Breath of the Wild mm-hmm. after playing this. I think it's new systems that layers on top of what already was working in Breath of the Wild would make going back to Breath of the Wild feel like going back to like Zelda Two on the NES or something, where it's just like ah. It's hard, like it's like hard to go back to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, again, that is probably more of a taste thing. I do think that there was a much steeper learning curve in this game. The new Ultra mm-hmm. Hand stuff took me like it took me a lot longer to wrap my brain around your new abilities than I think I would have liked. But once once I started that stuff started clicking, the game started like really opening up for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, I wholeheartedly recommended it. I I recommend it. I like it better than Breath of the Wild, but mm-hmm. you know, I thought Breath of the I. I always liked Breath of the Wild, but like of the, I didn't think it was the greatest game of all time. Like mm-hmm. I didn't buy into all of that hyperbole when it came out. I was like, it's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, so we'll, we'll say like, if you haven't played it now and you're still avoiding spoilers somehow and you still haven't been spoiled, um, God bless you. I don't know how you did that and how you can both do that and have found this podcast to listen to. Cause I'd assume you're some sort of like person that does not have the internet. But we're going to get into spoilers now. We're going to talk like specifics about what we liked and didn't like about various aspects of the game. Um, so I guess let's start at the beginning. Uh, I feel like the starting Sky Islands, it was that was a tutorial that was one of the more egregious in the Zelda franchise, in my opinion, in terms mm-hmm. of head holding and length. And I just mm-hmm. felt like tedium. I think Twilight Princesses is still the worst. But... <laughs> I don't know how you how if you agree with me. I do think the Great Plateau may have taken a similar amount of time, but like it was more fun to explore because it was one continuous thing mm-hmm. uh, versus like a bunch of like islands that are kind of hard to traverse between. Uh, I, I could give I could give my opinions if you're ready for them. Yeah, um, let, let them rip. So, uh, Breath of the Wild, I think, has one of the best openings I think to any Zelda game. I Strict- don't disagree. Yeah, yeah str- strictly speaking, it is something you wake up. You are Link. You are told, "Hey, go to this place. You meet some random old man." You know, again, spoilers for this six to seven year old game at this point. But the idea of going to this place, finding out all the runes, getting each one of them in almost the perfectly placed and sized, I would say, practice area that introduces you to nearly every possible mm-hmm. elemental. Uh, for, force that you will be facing in the game, um, and to much to certain people's dismay, almost every enemy type you would be facing in the game. But 
the idea of what the game is presenting to you, a dungeon introduce you to each of the mechanics and set you off right. And also give you some personal stakes for the final departure, which would be, you know, King Rowan, or I think it's Rowan, right? Or Rower? The King or, Rome, yeah. Yeah, or King Rowan. Yeah. So the idea is, you know, this is begrudge this spirit lingering from an overall dismay and despair over not being able to prevent this. And later you find out even more about, well, he was just a honestly a pretty terrible parent. But at the mm. same time, that regret kept them lingering as a spirit until you were ready to go, bestows the paraglider. You are off at that point. I'm not oh, even you have everything about you need to go beat the game right then and there. Literally from that point onward, you could go over it again as tower, and every speedrunner you ever see has done that. But that being said, um, I, I will come to bat slightly for twilight princess's opening and i can see uh, first off i get it and it is very long in fact in some cases too long but i think it only hits that right at the very end for me personally because as uh i'm, I'm a big fan of writing i like storytelling i like that as far as tone goes I think that is one of, if not the best, establishing the overall tone of the series. You are Link, an idealistic boy, teenager, whatever, living in absolute solitude and utter peace, this idyllic lifestyle. You are relied on by the town. Everyone likes you. And you suddenly have your entire life upended. And it's monotonous. You want to get out of there. You don't mm -hmm. know how, but you want it. You have this, and then that kickoff sends you into this spiral of insanity to the point where you meet this random imp girl. You find Princess Zelda in this you're, spirit world of you're nowhere. You're like, what's going? Yeah. As a wolf, it's like, yeah. wait a minute, what the heck? what's actually happening here? To the point where you finally get cured of it. And you're granted the hero garb and all that stuff, and then you gotta you know save a bunch of monkeys. But the idea is that intro sets the whole tone of like, all right, now I'm invested. And again, could it be time and sunk cost fallacy? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's a psychological element to it. But for me, that gripped me immediately. I needed to figure out what happened because the stakes were there in front of me. They were presented. The kids were still gone. The whole town is in shambles. When you yeah. go back to the town as a wolf, they hate you. They hit you. They attack you. It's like, you feel terrible in that sense. Narratively speaking, you are an enemy. And it's like, all right i gotta fix this and yeah. you are encouraged not just from duty of zelda but just for duty of your town the same people that were happily doing jovial nonsense throughout this entirety of it and again it's not for everybody and it's not perfect again that whole you know the monkey you know with the lantern swinging the poison mist i'm like all right this is stupid but like that in overall like going to hunting the bugs for the tears it's like all right this is this is monotonous annoying but overall tone hit i think stronger than most the only one that i think did it better because it's faster frankly is wind waker um, um i think wind wakers is one of the better ones um i would say you need to play Majora's Mask. That one's opening thing sets the tone way better. I, I have played Majora's Mask for the 3DS. Um, yeah. So I have rectified that situation yeah. and I've gotten over my fear of a giant purple mask with big bulging yellow eyes. Yeah. And um, the reason I was so scared of it, funny enough, was I was in Toys R Us 
And uh, some jerk decided to uh, leave it on the third day at the final hour oh, in the middle so of the lockdown. So I was playing yeah. the demo as the entire town is shaking red. And all of a sudden I saw the moon literally crash on the earth and kill everybody. Yeah. And I figured, I don't want that. That's too much for me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I remember, so I'm, I, I'm a few years older than you. And I, I was a teenager when we got that. And I remember like saving right before like the one of the the first like ends of my three-day cycle and then just letting it happen to see what would happen um because i played it so many times and it's like i i don't know i i definitely i we've talked about that off camera we won't get too deep into the doors mess but i do know mm-hmm. you the three-day system doesn't click with you and i that's one of those it, things that that's if that gimmick's not gonna click it's not gonna work it's not that it doesn't click per se i just have um stupid amounts of guilt um yeah. <laughs> for like well i won't i won't well, use the term i usually use but point being the guilt yeah. that i have like i can't save everybody in a singles day cycle or a single three-day cycle i feel terrible that uh malon and her little sister get abducted by aliens and she's now um you know uh, a husk of a human being and so mentally I, destroyed i couldn't so one before i beat the game for the first time as a kid I, I got all the masks and I knew I had to do the thing with like to get the, the fierce deities mask and stuff at the end, but I didn't do that yet. I didn't go fight Majors yet. I was like, all right, I'm saving, I'm saving everybody. Mm-hmm. I went and beat all of the bosses so that would save all of the different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, I did the, the, the Romani ranch quest. I did cafes, cafes one. So like at the very end, I'm like, all right, I, you don't get to do everybody, but like, all mm-hmm. of the major characters I saved and I went and did it and it was so satisfying. It was a little bit of a letdown because Fierce Dating Link is so strong. They just beat Majora in like two seconds, but yeah. uh, it was really satisfying to do. That was one of my, that's one of my most cherished gaming memories as I, I loved doing that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I did not have this, I did not have that skill set when I was that age, yeah. unfortunately. It wasn't right, so much time, and time set. trials freak yeah. me out. <laughs> it wasn't so much the skill set, it was uh, having the time. So... <laughs> But uh, we'll get back to Tears of the Kingdom now. Uh, that was so my first impression of the game was kind of like, because eh, eh, I wasn't really like, the the hand mechanic is kind of clunky. Like I eventually got the hang of it. And I was flipping stuff around and like I can build stuff real fast now. The first time you're doing it was like kind of annoying. Mm. Um, I don't know. It, like I said, the game I think took took a while to warm up, in my opinion. Like by the time like you're done with the tutorial area and they like drop you in the higher field. I'm not a big exploration guy, but I was so itching for the game to just cut me loose. I was just like, Oh my God, let me go. Let me mm-hmm. go do things. And then that, then the game opened up and I started really enjoying it. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Um, it went on too long, frankly. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. If, I'll save it for characters. Um, what my gripe is uh, the other part that I had a gripe about frankly mm-hmm. with uh, the new starting area but yeah the Sky Islands uh, concept it was good in theory taught you about diving and you know search for water but yeah. eventually that didn't even matter but yeah, the idea is you, you went through the yeah. fuse mechanic the power the uh, power hand honestly it's just an upgrade of magnesis so I think that was just that's great I like yeah. that a lot um the overall, let's say, you know, we had time, fuse, and well, we Ascend. eventually had time. That was the fourth one. Yeah. So we had the ascend one. Uh, ascend, 
And I, it took well, a while for me to find better uses for that, but eventually it turned out to be a lifesaver. So oh, my problem happy. with this end was just remembering that I could do it. Yeah. Because yeah, I had so many experiences where I climbed like these mountains and stuff. And I was like, oh, I could have ascended here. I could have ascended there. Like by the time I got the mm-hmm. attempt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was part of it. I think so, overall the, the powers you were given and then eventually time at the end in yeah. another temple of time. So, yeah. I think they're trying to imply that the same temple of time because it's no, I'm no, because well, no. on the Great Plateau, there's no, the yeah, yeah, no, it, is, it isn't that part isn't over the Great Plateau, yeah, no, so that's why. Well, I oh, think that, it, that we'll get into that, yeah. Reason. You and I have different opinions on the importance of the Zelda timeline, yes. So, uh, I, I wouldn't say importance, it's either appreciation or at least looking for answers. And I think the ones we were given in this were not. I didn't like them. Right, well, let's I'll, get, I'll get further to that. I'll get further yeah. Let's get through the, our gameplay thoughts before mm-hmm. we get to all this stuff. Right. So, do you like the banjo and kazooie of it all? The nuts and bolts. Um, oh, I should also mention. Uh, like I said, banjo and kazooie uh, one and banjo tooie, uh, my favorite games of all time. Uh, banjo nuts and bolts is one of my least favorite games of all time because yeah. I anticipated banjo three based off the trailers, and then eventually we got nothing but cars. And I was very disappointed. Um, I will say that tan- that disappointment may be a complex at this point <laughs> because initially when we were doing the fuse mechanic and even when I saw it in the trailer, I immediately had red flags. And overall, it grew on me, the fuse mechanic and the building mechanic. But really, it was the unintentional builds that ended up saving my opinion of it because if uh, again, talking about gameplay um, one particular device single-handedly saved my exploration of the entire underground. And that is literally just one controller and two fans. And that turned out to be my own fun little personal air bike as I got to patrol what is essentially the depths of hell of Hyrule. And it was a little fun honestly just yeah. casually going around like that uh donning the full wingsuit to get resisted fall damage or negating all fall damage so letting myself my battery literally peter out over this giant pit and falling and not having any repercussions and just getting all the light routes but i'd say again the mechanics power hand straight upgrade from magnesis mm-hmm. i appreciate that a lot fuse it eventually grew on me. I'm not really making TikToks about my insane builds, but yeah. for overall, let's say, use, I think it was good. The Ascension ability, again, unintended lifesaver in certain areas, fine. And Time Rewind was a bit of a letdown for me. That was very situational, I think. And mm-hmm. the only time I really ended up using it were for either rock like likes or uh, going into the sky. Um, yeah, the so yeah. I, yeah, there's other ways, and I've seen people use them more creatively, but I just never really found anything beyond situational. And overall, I miss some of the other ones. I miss stasis from Breath of the Wild. I miss the bombs from Breath of the Wild. Those were some of the coolest ones. And I think overall, like I said, Magnesis was not necessarily as useful um, as Power Hand. Definitely isn't. But they also, was it me or did they not tell you how to unstick certain items? 
So were you playing with like the HUD turned off? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they don't. It tells you in that it's just a thing at the bottom. Because that's what I've heard is people that turn that off. Like it is the game doesn't tell you about that. They don't. No. It yeah. But and I just I, I I eventually shook it and it worked and I'm like that's how you do it. Like <laughs> yeah. I I play with that stuff on because I'm not a real gamer. Uh, so I, I knew about that from the beginning. So I didn't think about that until some of my friends that play with that off because they play with that off in Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like, yeah. Oh, mystery, mystery solved. Good. Yeah. So <laughs> it made them less enthused, like less excited to like experiment with stuff because once yeah. you screwed, like if you did it wrong, that was definitely part of it. Um, in the very um, beginning. So yeah. So you, you eventually liked exploring the depths and, and all of that stuff, then, right? I did not explore the depths very much for a long time because uh, I had so much anxiety when I was down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, I'm claustrophobic, so like I know it's big, like it's not really an enclosed space, but like the idea of like being stuck underground and maybe like not being able to get back out like freaked me out. That and like one of the first times I was exploring, you know, you're throwing the bright, bright blooms around, and I accidentally summoned like a giant frog, like overworld boss, mm-hmm. and was scared the hell out of me, and I ran away, and I was like, all right, I'm not ready to be down here, and I kind of never was. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I had like 40 hearts and stuff so it's like uh, I think um, that well would you like to move on to the depth I don't want to interrupt you uh, finish no no this. that's fine um, my only big thing with gameplay and stuff and I, this is probably champagne problems is <laughs> you're fundamentally doing the same stuff in this game that you did in Breath of the Wild mm-hmm. like yeah they replaced memories with the geoglyphs but they're basically the same thing you got Korok seeds again you got shrines again. Like you're kind of doing the same, you're kind of interacting with the world in the same way. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I found that to be like, not necessarily bad. I found it to be a little disappointing that like, there wasn't like kind of like, there is new, new elements within those, like the moving from one Korok to another. Although I found that really annoying. So I never really did it. Um, I will say, I do think the shrines are a lot better designed, like in terms of puzzles in this game. Um, they feel more like, the Mar- they're taking from the in my opinion like the better ones at least the more like they're taking from the mario level design school of thought where like they'll give you like a a simple puzzle in like kind of a safe room and mm-hmm. then they'll like iterate on it like two or three times harder in that same shrine so they felt more they scratched more of my zelda puzzle like dungeon itch than they did in the first game it's also they you know especially in the first game like a third of them were just like fight a guardian and at a certain point, like I fought like forty of them, like on my way to the shrine, so it's like not as exciting. Mm. Um, but that's one of my disappointments with like kind of the gameplay element of it. Um, but overall, like I I don't mind the weapon durability thing. I never did in the first one. Um, it is a lot harder in this one because you won't just find good weapons. Like you have to kind of make your own, mm-hmm. and like once you get over that like then yeah you can make some really interesting stuff um and i think that that the weapon durability element of that like allows you like the freedom to be really creative and experimental it's like oh i put like a mushroom on the end of this and it bounces this guy around but like oh that broke like let me try putting something else on this oh my god it put fire effects on it you know stuff like that mm-hmm. and then you can be like an idiot like me and try to put a bomb flower on an arrow while you're inside a volcano and then blow yourself up and lose to the boss that way Mm-hmm. Because you forgot that you're wearing anti-fire armor um mm-hmm. so but like that's part of the fun of it and like putting zonai like contraptions on like your shield and like oh i don't have to put a rocket on this like oh my god and you like made a jetpack 
mm-hmm. flying away. Like that, it's it's more fun to experiment in this game, mm-hmm. which is why I think it's it's hard. Like I could probably do another playthrough of this, and like do completely different things and have a very different experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I think once you get to Tarrytown, it's uh, a lot better to uh, experiment just because you can break apart things that are just duds or something yeah. you want to preserve. And one of my things. favorite elements of this, and this will be a segue into like story and characters and stuff, is because it's the same world. It's like, oh, I want to go like to this place and like see what maybe the, if these people are still there, what they're up to, and like, oh, I need an idea where like the master sword is going to be. You know, I haven't been to the Korok Forest yet. Oh, of course, I bet the Great Deku Tree knows where it is, and of course, he can give you a quest to like go find it when you get to him. And I was mm-hmm. like, I felt like smart for figuring that out. And then, like an idiot for not like being like, oh yeah, of course that that's what that would be. Um, like one of the things underground that was really fun to discover was like, oh, I was like, oh, there's a person exploring here. Let me go talk to them. I was like, and all of a sudden they were in the Yiga clan. I was like, oh sh- shit, I didn't think they were going to be in the game this time around. And then eventually I found the area where they, you, know, you run the Master Koga, and mm-hmm. he's like, he's like, I'm back and I'm going to kill you. And I was like, oh yeah, I knocked him into the ground. We I was like, that makes sense that he'd be down here. I was like, oh, that's and then that started like a like a mini boss gauntlet side quest, which was pretty fun. Like I was like, oh, I enjoy this. Um, I like. I, I do think the main story is maybe a little basic. Uh, however, it's the same thing with the first game. The first game, Breath of the Wild, there is no plot. Like it already happened. You have to go beat Gamer. But like, it's the characters and the small stuff that like fill it out and like make it interesting and make you care like when i went back to Terrytown and i saw that like you know the hudson and his his wife like I, you marry them over the course of building this town in the first game oh they have a little daughter now like it's like little stuff like that like oh i really like oh that's really cute i really like by the time i was done some of those things it's like it made me want to save hyrule not just because that's what like you do but it's like i want these this world to continue to exist i like these characters Mm-hmm. I don't know if you feel likewise uh, by the end of the game. Um, yeah, on take, the con- us on, take us on a roller coaster here. On a roller coaster. Well, I'll start off just by um, on the contrary. I yeah. actually, even when you said that when we were talking, yeah. um, I did enjoy the side characters. I enjoyed the, the emphasis on characters. Yeah. See, in the first world. Um, or in the first game, Breath of the Wild, the idea was, again, uh, ex- exploration was king. I think, mm-hmm. ultimately, curiosity got the best of me. There was one, you traverse the world, but ultimately you could jump off small hills, but the paraglider didn't take you very far. You couldn't really see too far ahead. You had to get a horse, you had to go to stables, in the only place that you could get respite, really, and explore. And that was like the first game where I got to a top of a mountain or a hill and I said, well, what's over that hill? And then what's over that hill? And then what's over that hill? For like four hours until I'm on the northeast side of Akala staring at this giant labyrinth in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, yeah. So that was my Breath of the Wild experience in a nutshell. And then as I'm going around, I'm looking around trying to get a better vantage point saying, all right, well, what's that over there? Is is that a dragon? Like, yeah. like and oh, I see this I giant green, dragons, this like giant this. green dragon flying yeah. through the sky, and I was like, "Holy!" And I was amazed. Oh, the first I time that. I saw one of those, I got so excited. I was like, "Oh my god, what is that?" I was like, "What is that?" I'm like, yeah. "Is it a boss?" And then I ran over to it, and then 
you know, I got shocked out of this guy. I but the so idea was... far away from it. That I was like, I'm not getting over to that. Oh, I tried my best, and I, I, I actually was able to intercept it, but I got electrocuted and fell off because uh, you yeah. couldn't stand on in that game. Uh, yeah. uh-huh. Anyway, the um, idea that I guess was king in that was exploration, and the ideas that I saw in this one kind of hit, or it kind of hurt. See, looking back, like when I actually went back, and there is the the town with the with uh, Pura and uh, what is it called? I forget. Scouting Rico. The yeah, the scouting tower, whatever. It oh, was. lookout landing. Lookout landing. That's it. So lookout landing is turning into a place, and it's like okay, that's that's interesting. And you know, there's still ruins in a lot of different places. So it's like okay, well, not everything was able to be salvaged. I get that, but I then like in one of my. Five years. I'm going by what's her like the little girl's age, roughly five or six, apparently. Yeah, something yeah. like that. So, so. Something like that. It's not a crazy amount of time. Oh no, it's not a crazy amount of time. I think, I think one of the things that really hurt though, because um, again, talking about first experiences with Breath of the Wild, you get to Hateno Village, you go on the top of that really long hill, and you just see a random island in the southeast, and you're like, well, what's what is there? And I'm like, let me try and get there. So you take a boat, you try and paraglide there with all the stamina that you got, you swim there, you step foot on it, all your stuff is taken away. And you initiate one of the coolest quests in the entire game. You are, you have no oh, weapons, goodness, you have yeah. no nothing. You are just like, all right, have fun. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> so, And it's nothing but your wits and what you had or essentially what you can find to actually get you through it. This game... Again, without jumping into this game, maybe I'll just finish my thoughts on the Breath of the Wild. There was another area that was to the north of Kakariko Village, which was these stone Zonai ruins that were encased in darkness perpetually. No matter what time it is, you go inside, it literally is a dark forest that cannot be penetrated by anything, ever, and has not seen the light for nobody knows. Just Mm -hmm. perpetual darkness. That's awesome. Like automatically the only thing, and the only way to get through it is with a a torch. You don't have anything else. And it's like, that's pretty cool. Like automatically that sort of mystical world building, you go to the twin peaks, twin peak stables, you see a mountain, it's cleaved in half. And it's like, Oh yeah, that was from a great war in the past. It's like, what caused that? You're like, you see the whole divine beast must've done it or something at some point in the past. Well, that's, well, that's, I'll be getting to that. All I'm saying is the idea of this world has all these different landmarks. And one of my favorite regions was Akala. It was this, the rest of the world is this chaotic mess. And then the Northeast, it's just this peaceful place. And it's like, well, it's peaceful because nobody, everyone there's dead. Yeah. But I like that tranquility in a way I was like, and the fortress that's like destroyed, but beyond that, it's like pretty peaceful. And I, I don't know why, that hit me the most, but like I love that area in the first game. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, the other villages, things like that, that was fine. Tears of the Kingdom, they expanded on the villages, and but I think at the cost of like that same level of cohesion, and I think that's kind of where I start drifting because I cared a lot for everything in Breath of the Wild. I also hundred percent that, so I had everything that they provided in that game. So seeing some of the characters that were so friendly with you because you did the quests in the last game, not recognize you in this one or give you, you know, passive, you know, whatevers uh, whenever they saw you. I saw a lot of people were like, oh, hey, it's you. 
Yeah, you know, some people some people acknowledged, some people didn't, and it was it, that's it was a little inconsistent on that front. To be fair, I was some like, of the people I didn't remember who they were either until they started being like, "Oh yeah, you did this thing for me last game." I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, again, five years, maybe you've pulled in a favor one too many times. I don't it's know. It's not like but, he talks to people, so yeah, well, technically he does, but you know, we just yeah. never hear it. <laughs> if you want to go by that logic, but... the first game, all right. I know, I know. It's just funny. I yeah. like even in one of the one of the quests in this one where it's like you have the. Uh, uh, I, I don't know if this is a mild spoiler, but in Hitana Village with like CC the designer, and she's running for mayor, and her sister's trying to figure out what she's doing, and then she's like, "Now remember, you have to be quiet." Understood. One of the options is, "Yep," like in capitals and an exclamation yeah. point. So Link's a bastard in certain cases, and it's great. Yeah. But I mean, but there's some like I I do think the side quests in this game are a lot more interesting. It depends. I mean, I, mean, I think I think that one was more fun. Like. Like, you had to you had to establish Tarrytown in the first one, so yeah. it's like that's that was what, like well, that's why that's one of the most standout ones in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah, I love that in the first game too. But like, mm-hmm. I also equally love like now that Tarrytown's like his bustling thing. Like, oh, my daughter has to leave, but like we're so busy. Like they have to mm-hmm. you have to find time for them to like spend time together. You know, doing this really like cool hot air balloon thing. I'm like. At the end of that, I was like, oh, man, my cold, dead heart is beating again. Like, Yeah, tugged on my heartstrings. That was a good I, one. I, I loved the, you know, because as you beat the game, like, you see people from, like, Lorellan Village, which was, like, this, you know, tropical fishing town in the southeast of the first game. They're like, oh, yeah, pirates took over and, like, kind of drove us all out. Eventually, I made my way down there. I killed everybody there. I was like, okay, that's over. And then, like, you have to help them rebuild the town. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. Like, I don't know. I did there was a lot of stuff like that was like, I really like, I felt like I was making an impact on like the world around me. Yeah. Like it was changing, not just like, I got to build my house so I could hang up my cool swords and stuff. Um, granted yeah. the house building mechanic in this has got pros and cons, but I'm, mm-hmm. ultimately I feel like whatever about it, but yeah, um, I guess. Yeah. That's cool so, concept. Yeah. Sorry. I, I did get a little distracted with the last bit um, strictly because uh, it just feels almost like, in imitation, it was like sit. It was like sitting in the same skin as the game I liked, but there was so much that was off, and it bothered me. Like that, that giant. Well, not the temple, but the ruins that were shrouded in darkness for all that stuff. Yeah, they're not in darkness anymore. It was. There's a tower in the middle of it. One of the scout towers, and it's like it almost feels like a direct slap in the face. The thing's bright as hell. And I it's mean, like illuminating everything. I mean, that and it's like there's no there's no trace, not even an acknowledgement. I'm like, guys, like, come on, what happened to this? And then Eventide, when you go there, it's okay. Like, it granted, like they try to give you something like that, but it's like not. Even I mean, I think they took the Eventide idea and they turned it into more like focused challenges in a lot of the shrines. Yeah, a lot I, of you I, run into where like they strip you of everything, but like. You have to use like Zonai tools and like certain things that they give you to kind of like make it through. Yeah, and like that scratch that scratched that itch. And like even Tide being a pirate like fortress is kind of awesome. Yeah. Like I don't know. I enjoyed it still. Well, the same thing you're describing with the combat shrines, you know, every every time I saw one of those trialed shrines, I was rolling my eyes. That the novelty wore off quick. But to me, because the problem here's a guardian and then just fight it. Well, yeah, because then it also gave you great weapons, though. So that was like the heart of the Guardian, the better your weapons, and you kind of needed them. That was my viewpoint. Yeah. I was like, oh, thank God. I well, can kill this thing and get this, better weapons. It, it's items you have to fuse to your weapon. Like, you can't, 
They don't mm-hmm. just give you good weapons. No. Arguably the Master Sword. But yeah, like, and even even that's out underperformed uh, by yeah, the end and that's, of it. But... but that scales with your heart level, so like you still have to. There is a cap on the. I found out there is a cap on there the is heart a cap, level too. I mean, yeah, well, because the the one of the bows that you can get it yeah. also operates on how many hearts you get, and I maxed those out when I was doing the shrines, yeah, so the it, shrines, did it didn't go above sixty, and I was yeah. like, "Damn it!" I was like, Argh. "But anyway." I but think you can fuse ju- stuff to the master sword and like make it stronger. Yeah, yeah, you can make it stronger using depending on what you wanted. And I, as far as that, I was expecting some sort of upgrade to, the, not necessarily the combat, but maybe a way to retain the weapons that you did want, like the special mm-hmm. ones, like repair the certain things. You could do that with the light scale trident in Breath of the Wild. But they never really expanded upon that in this one. I thought that would be a natural progression. Like, okay, it might be out of your way, but you could do it. And then yeah. they also have their rock to rocks that can take them in immediately and repair them for you. So yeah. that mechanic exists in the game, but you have to find a random enemy in Elden of all things and try to get it that way. And it gives you an upgrade. Yeah. I would have thought you would have been able to do that easy. As far as making that a gameplay Im- implementation, the yeah. further you get, maybe the more resources it costs, but you put that into weapon upgrades and you can also enhance either durability or even repair some of the ones you invested a lot of time and effort in. I don't know. That That's where I saw this game. That's where I thought this game could have gone. And yeah. it, it didn't go in that direction. To be fair, they never claimed that it was. No, I just thought like when you have a direct sequel based off of a mechanic and like you and said the, the fact foundation that it took so long yeah six years usually yeah. you would do you would do something like this like because you can then because part of the reason about the Wild the that so long has come out is you had to build all that from scratch and since yeah. you don't in this in theory you wouldn't have granted i'm sure the pandemic delayed a lot of stuff the but... pandemic and also the new tools that they Added again, the fuse yeah. stuff is crazy for a game, yeah. especially of this caliber. Like yeah. th- that fuse mechanic changed, like probably cost them how that how do we fix how do we make this happen? Well, and, right, and well, like on a programming way, it's like it's crazy how it works. Well, one of the me. things yeah, I wanted to, to touch on, and it's kind of ties in characters, but it's also gameplay relevant relevant. Like, how do you feel like the replacements for the divine beasts, like the new temples, work? How how did they work for you versus divine beasts? I know I've talked, I did talk about this with you a little bit ahead of time. And as they are by themselves, um, I thought the Wind Temple was better. I don't feel like I ever did the rock, the earth one correctly. Mm -hmm. Uh, The water one was a letdown. And like cool concepts, way too short and way too shiny, frankly. They were very similar to the Divine Beasts in a way I didn't enjoy. Where mm-hmm. like they kind of they, they kind of each follow the same formula where you get like a companion. I like the divine beast because games. you could alter them a bit too, particularly in Boris and Varuda. But I, I think overall, like that like was the, fir- the coolest aspect. The of first it. divine beast was so fucking cool when I did it, mm-hmm. but then by the time I did the second, third, fourth, and especially by the fourth, I was like, it kind of felt like been there, done that. At least these ones looked different. You had to interact with things differently. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously some are better than others. I would love if they were more like longer and complex. The first time I I did it because I didn't know there was like they were like the temples. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, an actual Zelda dungeon! Like mm-hmm. that's one of the major things I was missing in the first game. Mm-hmm. But like, I like your companions. I like going through them. Like you get them as like little summonable spirits after the fact. 
which is kind of like when you would get the items, you know, from the old games. Like, I mean, granted, uh, I, a lot of them still help you traverse and like do things like they did in the first game. Right. Some are and, way more useful than others, but yeah. I'm so glad I got Tulin's wind thing like first. Yeah. Just I use it constantly. Yeah. I almost yeah. never used uh, Sidon or Reju's thing. Yeah, Regis was a little bit more useful. Uh, Yonbo was a very close second, uh, just because yeah. that's the you only efficient way to driving. clear rocks. Yeah, and even that was kind of a letdown. I, I would say, overall, I remember you saying this, I, or I think we talked about this particularly yeah. as far as the dun- to con- what's considered the dungeon itself, and yeah. each one had a lead up, right? Each yeah. one had anything like that, and in my opinion, Breath of the Wild had a very similar layout like that too each dungeon or divine beast was followed by this other little side quest or something to lead to it yeah you had to team up with like whatever the person from that race was you had to like then solve some sort of do it and then abort it you know right i think you get five terminals and then you fight like a ganon yeah the boss is way better in this game Mm, I, I actually so. I would disagree on that. I um, can't believe you're I, saying that. I was gonna say Coldera is the only one that I thought that was actually like a market improvement just because of the sheer spectacle of it. And especially when you hear the Dragon Roost theme start blasting with the chorus and like you're you're they were all so cool. It, like, I, I love Marble Marble Goma was kind of okay. I love that the, the, the Gerudo one, like as you're approaching the, the temple, the, the boss comes out and fights you immediately. Scared yeah. the hell out of me. It was the second one that I had done. Yeah. Um, I think that one that one was fine too. Honestly, Marbled Goma was a disappointment. Mukturak was a disappointment, and the corrupted guardian or corrupted construct was like a disappointment. that was the thing i i beat it very quickly and it was not hard and i was like i did not have any sort of threat in this whatsoever so it was like and it just was a waste of time i felt i was like first off at that point i explored all the depths so that whole trek through it was kind of pointless i'm like we could just go there right now like you have to get this thing like up in one of the sky islands which is like a series of challenges like through a thunderstorm to do then you have to make a like a thing to to break to put it on, and then like you'd have to fly it like down through. Oh no! Before you even did that, you had to unlock like being able to get up to that. So you had to do all of the stuff with the old Zone ruins from the first game, mm-hmm. like, and then you had to bring it like from the sky like down through the depths, um, mm-hmm. and then you had to build like the spirit a body out of like a robot body. So the the dungeon is like an old factory, and you had to like get legs and stuff. So, so it was like a series of like building pu- like mach- like uh like vehicle puzzles to get through and I felt accomplished figuring those out. Mm-hmm. Um and then you have to be able to guide it from there to the actual spirit temple, which really is just the boss fight, but like you had to travel through the depths on like this giant robot that you had built and like are continuing to like add weapons to as you go. I don't know. I I all of the story elements more or less worked for me until there was like a reveal halfway through it if you've been doing everything. That I think was supposed to feel bittersweet, but I think I told you it just felt bitter. Um, I can I can very much agree with that, but I'll yeah. also I'll... also everyone I know that got all of the geoglyphs got them out of order and they spoil each other, which blows my mind. Mm-hmm. So it spoils the twist. I yeah, I was gonna say um, yeah. if we want to wrap up everything about gameplay first and maybe then dive into I, the story. I, I've said all the things I I want to say. Let's get into the story. I think yeah we have the most discussion to have 
I, and again, I would say as just a wrap up, um, the, the dungeons, they weren't bad. Like it, it was none that I thought, oh, this is terrible. I just also liked the divine beasts. And I thought some of these were better than others. I thought some like were a little disappointing with some of the payoffs, like the spirit one overall, as it, considering everything yeah. was good. It was just the construct that was a letdown at the end. Mm. And, uh, you know, the water temple itself, the puzzles weren't that great. Mukdarok was creative, but it didn't feel that imposing or that intimidating. You're literally killing the, well, actually, I can't even do that without spoilers. Point is, the threat itself was much larger than just a tiny little Mukdarok. That's all. I'm yeah. just saying. Um, Marbled Goma, kind of cool, except like, eh, I don't know. I, I, I also to see a Goma. That was, yeah, one of the things, that was one of my disappointments in the first game is like, at a certain point, you're seeing the same iterations of monsters again and again. Mm-hmm. Like the, the monster variety in this game was way better, like across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think so. I and think plus, it's I, fun to see yeah. like more classic Zelda enemies like reimagined for Breath of the Wild. Like we got like likes back. Mm-hmm. Like you know we got uh, Gleok is running around. I haven't beaten one yet because oh okay first time i saw one it scared it killed me like a second i got too scared every time i saw one i would go the first time i saw one it was like up too hot and then i just died but um yeah yeah honestly uh give it a shot i i honestly think they're some of the most fun bosses in the game and might even be better than the actual final boss but anyway yeah we'll talk about the final boss when we're done talking about the story yeah so i think i'll wrap up saying i had fun and again obviously i completed the whole thing again as i played more I appreciated the gameplay a bit more and the world itself. I chose to focus, especially after talking to you, I started focusing more on the characters themselves and there are things to salvage. There were things that were good, but I'll get into why that turned into a problem when we talk about the story. And maybe I'll admit, I was going to say, maybe I'll even start off with that. If you don't mind. Yeah, go for Um, it, man. I did not feel invested at all with anything that happened in that past after a certain point. Everything that was happening that I cared about was in the present. It was all just featuring the people that I had been dealing with this entire time. All the Rito Village people now, all these different other aspects, like the Gorons themselves, Tarrytown, Ateno Village, Luralin Village, all these different areas. It was getting to a point where, like, well, things have been okay for... Uh, again, spoiler talk from this point onward, I guess. Uh, I don't know if you want to say it or oh, me, no. but Full spoilers. Yeah, full spoilers. For 10,000 years, they've been content with this going on. I'm like, okay. So uh, I'll let it slide, I guess, a little bit longer and you know, just wait to defeat the final boss because there was no imminent threat. There was no looming terror. And every time gloom hands came in, I literally just mopped the floor with them after a certain point. I got all my hearts. I got all my armor up. And I just didn't care at that point. I was literally like, you know, like something that struck terror in me immediately when I saw it, like, oh my God, what the hell is that? And then I just yeah. start bombing them as much as I can in desperation and barely make it out or away. I didn't kill them the first time. That panic gone, all the spectacle gone. And I was just left with like palling around with my sage buddies, just going around saying like, oh, I need a few Lionel silver horns. Let me just do this real quick. <laughs> that was about it. That was my investment. And then I was like, hey, everyone's doing pretty well right now. It's like I solved all these problems. Everyone's happy. There's just a giant miasma of death coming out of Hyrule Castle, but that can wait. <laughs> yeah. So 
Yeah, you, so that's I'll, I'll so we can segue fully into the story, and I'd like to hear your thoughts fully first. Well, I think much like the first game, the story in this is really what you do, mm-hmm. and it it's not so much like the plot and things. I will say I am disappointed in the story. Like I think we talked about where like it could have had it had a lot of potential. Um, mm-hmm. Bringing Ganondorf back because until this game he's only ever like he's only ever been one entity throughout the Zelda games. So like, oh, maybe that's something they can do something interesting with that. Um, I don't like that Zelda got sidelined and she got not only she get sidelined, it's another like, oh, it's a story told from like a million years ago kind of thing where it's just like ah literally MacGuffined in record time. Yeah. And like so the the story is is like the frowning of Hyrule, you've got a Zonai named Rauru married a Hylian what's her name? Sophia? So it's Sonia. Queen Sonia, Sonia. That's what it is. Um yeah. you know they they're the first king and queen of Hyrule and then like oh we're gonna bring the Gerudo and like, I know Ganondorf's really a bad guy, but, like, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, oh, no, he betrayed us and stole our secret stones and, like, turned into the Demon King. And then we sealed him away. And that's where we've been for, like, a thousand years. Just, ten, ten, over 10,000. Over, it's, over. It's been, it's been like, 10, a million 000. years. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. I mean, I see Breath of the Wild in this as part of, like, a reboot. Mm-hmm. I'm not take. I'm not. Try, I've never tried to fit it into the greater timeline because I don't care about the greater timeline. I always take a Zelda game kind of on its own face value. I will mm-hmm. say that this game is the only like sequel Zelda game that actually feels like a sequel. Mm-hmm. It feels like you know because it's pulling stuff like Majora's Mask does not is not a sequel to Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. Link's Awakening is not a sequel to. Or, or Link to Between Worlds is not a sequel to Link to the Past, even though they're like the same Link and same world or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, they, like Spirit Tracks is not really a sequel to the Wind Waker. Do you know what I mean? No, I get yeah, it. I think it might be the same character, like Link, but like the story of one game does not affect the other. Whereas, like this one, I definitely feels like yeah, the, the events of the first game are very much like present on the world still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you directly. Know? And also because like most of the stages like are characters you befriended in the first game, mm-hmm. you know, like it does feel like a sequel, which is why like this, everything being so like samey is kind of disappointing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, the twist ten billion years in the past or whatever is in order to restore the Master Sword, uh, Zelda has to like turn into an immortal dragon, and like keep it in her forehead until link can get it and i was just like oh man this poor zelda i didn't feel i never felt so bad for anything where like she basically kills herself and she's like she never catches a break in this world and it's so depressing and i think that would have been really fun like even if she's not playable whatever but like i think it would have been fun if like zelda was either a companion like you had most of the game like even for parts of it or like she was out doing like she was off doing her own things in the main world as well and I feel like the two of them are like teaming up because they still could have done the geoglyphs thing, and it could have been like the history of Ganondorf and like the other relevant other relevant elements of the story. It didn't have to be Zelda in the past as the Sage of Time. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. To be fair, I'm also not going into. I don't go into video games in general, especially not Nintendo games for really deep, interesting stories. 
But like to me, it was the game really shines in the side stories yeah. and the things you do with the characters in the current timeline. Like that's what made it work for me. Like that the I'm not gonna say some of the corny elements and like other things didn't like work. Like I felt emotions at the end when you're supposed to. I felt like, oh my god, Phantom Ganon. Like I was like so excited when that became like, you know, that first time you fight Ganon. Uh I don't know. I I it was simple and probably not great on paper. It worked for me in my experience. I felt it this because I'm not an exploration guy. I'm like, I like to have goals and execute on them. So I like, all right, I'm going from A to B and from B to C. So like, I liked having, like the story was more compelling for to get me to do things rather than just there's divine beasts and maybe you have to get them. Like when I heard that like, oh, all of these terrible things were happening to like the people and places I like, I care about from the first game. That was more compelling to me than like, I need to go awaken a sage there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I from in the moment to moment it worked for me, but when you sit down and like look at the story, it's it's not great. Whereas I know in moment to moment it seemed like it, it bothered you more than it did me when we were talking about it. <laughs> yeah. So let me know when you're uh Oh, I'm done. Ready. You can go on. No, I'm just saying I, w- I want everyone to strap in. Brace yourselves, yeah. folks. Uh yeah. did you know Ganondorf is evil? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crazy he he wants power up ah crazy so my i'm gonna skip my let's say uh grievances with the overall greater timeline that'll be maybe something for another day because yeah. we all know that it has changed about what half a dozen times at least and, and it, it also, depends it, on it, what game they're promoting and, and it never where, made like, any sense. And it's I here's the thing though. I did like some aspects of it, and especially the idea of Skyward Sword being first and foremost. Uh, yeah. essentially forging the master sword makes sense. Yeah. That is logically a great place to start a story. Yeah. Uh that also means that you have to have Hylia and you have to have demise in literally every Zelda timeline at this point onward. That's where I'm gonna leave it with the greater timeline idea. It yeah. is expressly stated and also directly referenced here with different statues and other references to Hylia herself that that is the first one. I mean, and also the sword, the sword this, talks. The sword, yeah, the sword has fee in it in this the, one. So. The sword has fee in it. Yeah. So five fee, however you want to pronounce it. I don't know it. how you I say fee. I just say fee. I, so I, in this it case. Might be, it might be an East Coast, Northeast <laughs> thing. We say fee. Yeah, so whatever the case is, if anyone listening, that's we get it. But the on, the honest assessment of it from that point onward, I'll stick with most of my complaints, uh, thinking str- truly, like you're saying, as a direct sequel to Breath of the Wild, this is where most of my grievances come in. Uh, most of my grievances hang on Ganondorf, but I'll get to that. The idea of, let's say, knowing uh, or being given the answer to something and having the answer be much less interesting than the mystery that followed it. Now, that's just typical in a lot of different cases, you know, stories that end up getting canceled on television. I'm sure I mean, everyone knows in comics and cartoons. And if you're fans of that, like I mean, if a show gets camp show gets canceled in its prime and yeah. it's so terrible and oh my God, we need more seasons. And then you finally get more seasons and, the writers either moved on or don't have any other ideas. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, that season, yeah, it sucked. So, you know, maybe it wasn't such so great after all. However, the idea here, I think, that really bothers me is the fact that they have the Zonai. And I was mentioning in the beginning, 
how I was a big fan of the exploration idea and finding these ruins. First was the Zonai ruin that was covered in darkness just north of Korok Forest. Again, what that what's that about, first off? And mm. it's something that predates the Sheikah. Te- like factually speaking, it predates everything. There are maybe like one or two NPCs that even know what the Zonai are, even mention them. They have this whole intricate maze-like temple dedicated in the bottom of the like right above Laurelin Village. So technically, what is that? Uh, and not Elden. Um, I forget the name. Whatever it is, it's the bottom half next to the Great Plateau with all the rain and thunderstorms. Everyone knows it. But point being that you have these great and powerful ruins that are going through this place and you're analyzing a lot of these structures and you're looking through them and you're seeing parallels between not only the actual world that is existent now with its remnants, but you're also seeing statues of boars. You're seeing statues of uh, dragons and you're seeing statues of owls. Yeah. Three things and their power, courage, and wisdom. Yeah, power, courage, and like at least you know reflections or at least mirrors of power, courage, and wisdom, which would be the Triforce. So, from a tribal perspective, that they were hyping this up to be looked almost Aztec and had some sort of like Mayan cultures. And again, that's one of the earliest pyramids that we've ever found in civilization history. So that is one of the aspects that was leading to this mystery. They were you know in these what? tropical areas. They were going. Sorry, what do you want to? So, so on that thought, I just just thought of this just now. In both games, there is no like mention of the Triforce or anything. That's there like is one, of the one last showing. They have to do. Yeah, there is one showing, and that is on Zelda's hand when she is sealing Ganon yeah. or Calamity Ganon Calamity away. Ganon, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's their, <laughs> so it's their Smash Brothers emblem. <laughs> But I'm saying, that, but it's yeah. also been present throughout each of the stories, just about. I mean, the first one had the Triforces with two triangles. So well, it's I mean, like one of these things where it's like. They're also you know, not, like it's not in Majora's Mask. It's not, like there's not in a lot of the games. It doesn't have to be, but there's yeah. been so, like, but it's also like saying the Master Sword doesn't have to be in every Zelda game. It doesn't. Yeah. And Majora's Mask is exactly like that. It's a spinoff, essentially. Yeah. It's a sequel and it doesn't have to, yeah. but this one has all the other staples involved. That would be similar to that. So we have the Zonai and we had this mystery building. And again, all the labyrinths, all the labyrinths that you discover, they give you barbarian armor. And again, it's called barbarian armor. It ups your attack. You're wearing bones, cloth, and body paint, which is really cool. And yeah. if you get it up, it, may, it it gives you immense power. But again, it's coming from these Zonai ruins. What is in the Zonai ruins? Like, why is so, this here? What's this culture that developed yeah. with all this? And why even was Ashika there? Like, you're thinking about all this. That's where my mind is going because no one's there to tell you. So you're thinking, oh, this is cool. This is an adventure. Yeah. I can figure this out and make parallels. Like, holy, cr- like, oh my God, the dragon, the boar, the owl, because we've always seen the owl associated with wisdom, at least yeah. in the Zelda games, going back to Gabora, who was yeah. the other Rauru, by the way. Yeah. So in this, case you have Rauru associated with the owls and also even affiliated uh, I'll get to that but the idea was it was always symbol symbolic of like wisdom or even ruling in a lot of these different games mm-hmm. so it was guiding it was things like that there were a lot of different things that the owls used to do even at Link's Awakening for all, all things considered but dragons uh, symbols of courage and also stated in Breath of the Wild when the one is corrupted by all the different um, oh, calamities the 
and and the malice that was it yeah. so in this case because this one was gloom right yeah, and so gloom. malice again yeah, it's so, another like it's just the same thing. Uh, I, I, i'll get to that too but anyway so the point is with the malice infecting the dragon it's talking about how it is the servant of the goddess yeah so it's the servant of the goddess and in this case it is seeking it's infected and it needs to be purged you know what i mean whatever and yeah. it led to a pretty decent uh pretty no, that decent was boss a surprise fight. fun boss fight because like, yeah. that was my first encounter like up close with one of the dragons in the first game mm-hmm. which i thought was yeah. really fun I, I i saw the other one and i knew like oh that's crazy and then i the, then i got to this one i'm like oh this one's attacking oh it's bad but it, it was like and it, but the point being that it was like that was also also a symbol and a servant of the goddess also interesting so again courage implied courage because as everyone knows from the very first zelda game the symbol of the boar has been affiliated with power. It's been affiliated with Ganon and Ganondorf. And we even see that. that like the dragon is not the power one. And it's, I guess, I guess, but it's also, you know, cause it's mystic. You know what I mean? There's a lot. Yeah, of, I mean, it's, it's also just, like, it's just not what I would have. A, a boar is not what I would pick as like the power animal. True. But then again, you know, Chinese mythology, you know, a rat and an ox technically are, you know, beating a dragon in a, in a race through the water. It's like, well, <laughs> like, well it's yeah, like, but there's also like 12 of those animals. There's three in this. I'm just saying the idea of like, it's more spiritual than anything else. Right. So it's more doing it because Ganon was a giant pig monster originally. Oh, that too. So that's, yeah, that's so. the whole point. So like the idea of like a boar, if you really were dealing with that and no, there are no direct references to it. So, you know, I I could watch all the game theory videos I want and all the Zelda historians on YouTube that I, you know, generally do look at. <laughs> I mean, I watch that stuff too, but I do it more as like a curiosity than like, oh, that's what this is. I just liked it because of the parallels. And it was like mentally speaking, because again, you're, you said it yourself, there's no Triforce in this game. So it's like, that would be almost a spiritual equivalent to it. If you had this ancient culture that maybe didn't have access to the same stuff that Hylians do now, then that would be pretty cool. But then here we have immediately in the very first stroll through this game. Oh my God, look, it's the Zonai. These ruins are the Zonai ruins. This is crazy. No one's ever seen this before. Isn't it crazy how we get all this info immediately and nobody ever saw it before? What's this? There's a giant goat man that's in all these different things. In fact, this is quintessential to every single history that's ever been established for our land. Yet this is the... First time in any of the ruins that we've ever seen a goat man before? Isn't this just crazy? And at that point, I started rolling my eyes. I already I was seeing the writing on the wall with the story, and I'm like, oh no. I'm like, there's that mystery, there's all that situation gone. That same thing that drew me in and got me interested for five years was ultimately nothing more than a retcon setup for what this game was looking to unleash. And they had a story to tell for sure. And then I'm left thinking, how do you have an entire history of a people? And nobody thought to record the fact that, Hey, did anyone know that the first King of Hyrule, even though we have his name and we even know when they were uh, also was a giant goat man of all things. So that was red flag. Number one, (laughs) there were others. But I, I don't want to keep talking. Do you have any thoughts on any of this so far? None of this bothered me. Yeah. <laughs> that, 
That stuff yeah. was not what I was getting out of Breath of the Wild. Like that was cool. Mm-hmm. And and as just a fan of like lore and world building, just concepts in general, I yeah. do like when they can tell a story like just from the at like just from the environment and stuff. But like I don't get caught up in like Zelda stories. If they happen to be good, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's just it's like similar experience to Mario Odyssey for me. Like, yeah, the story's nothing, but, like, the moment-to-moment, like, oh, my God, this new Odyssey world is amazing. Oh, my God, it's a realistic dragon. I got to fight it. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's it's it. I get more out of, like, the the in-the-moment stuff than I do taking the step back. Mm -hmm. Because, like I said, like, the story is nothing in the first game either. The the very first Zelda? No. Oh, yeah, that too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but like you know most of the zelda games i don't think have stories worth writing home about um uh, well i was gonna i think that's yeah. where i think our big divide comes that's from where, yeah that's what's one of the reasons like oh. it was really interesting to talk to you as we were playing the game for mm-hmm. the first time as we were playing it and it's just like wow i think i asked you at some point like do you get any enjoyment out of this game because you're like i hate driving around i hate the story i I was gonna i was gonna i really i really dislike the story if there's one thing i would come across from that really lowered the entire score for me it was the story um all the wasted potential and frankly all the really frustrating retcons or even just outright dismissal just hit me really badly and this also stems back to the idea of even just the exploring aspect of it. Where did all the shrines go? Where did all the tower Sheikah towers go? And where did the divine beasts go? Where did the guardians go? I think at one point there might be like one, there might be one line, I think, out of this entire thing, which is hidden behind a side quest that you have to educate kids in a school about, which is like, oh yeah, we had them decommissioned. Where? I mean, being like, able to dismantle the guardians because, like, in the new towers, there's clearly like guardian like esque parts in it. It's like those I could say doing that. The divine beasts and the towers, yes, like that's silly that they're not there. And I think, yeah, that, and that's I think the that thing. might. I, I would think that would be cool if like the towers maybe depowered or something because they served their purpose mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, but they could still be there. And like, hey, maybe it's like maybe a bunch of moblins. Like, that's like a weird fortress they have now and they have like a thing on the top you can go get or like one over and like crush this area there could have been cool things they could have done with that it's one of those things where like because we're reusing this world like i don't think there's a good reason that like yeah shrines like there's i don't think i think they had to choose between a, a narrative or gameplay and i think they chose gameplay where it's just like hey we just want new shrines and new things to explore like the other ones are just not there. I was, yeah, I think just in it, general. That's just what's going to come down to. And unfortunately, with Nintendo games, if it's going to come between story and gameplay, they always go gameplay, especially in anything Miyamoto has his fingers on. Uh, You're not which, wrong. You're not wrong. I, I do, I have extreme frustration issues with, depending on the games. In your regular Mario game, like whatever, but like Paper Mario, that's a big deal that the stories and characters suck now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that's why they're an RPG. Playing. Like you kind of are there for those things, mm-hmm. versus like a Mario, a regular mainstream Mario game. You're there for just to play the levels and have fun with your friends. Yeah, no, it's fun. But like a but... Zelda game should have an element of like that should be more of a balance, especially.
especially a direct sequel. That's the thing that yeah. gets me. Because again, I'm leaving the greater timeline, most of it aside, besides Skyward Sword, just because there's specific reference to it in this. Yeah, that being like, said, Ganondorf's rise to power in this like precludes like Ocarina of Time and anything that happened after that from happening. Because it's the same origin. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so yeah I know what you mean. So don't be shocked. <laughs> there's probably another timeline. This is well, this, this is if demise defeated Link or whatever. Like I was gonna say, you know, that stupid like that. I was going to say, you know, there are. I saw one theory recently, and like I said, I don't want to go too deep in the greater timeline. Well, Maybe for another like time. A thing in the first game because the Rito and the Zora coexist. I heard that this was actually maybe like it could have been a sequel in the Child timeline. Or the one from the Wind Waker timeline, technically. So it has nothing to do with Breath of the Wild? So, no, technically Breath of the Wild was in that timeline all okay. along. Frankly, I like the Covergent timeline idea, where all three fell in onto each other and turned back into one solid one. But I'm getting, again, this could be an entire topic in and of itself, yeah. so I'll avoid it. All I'm saying is, with the direct sequel, we have the Zonai, we're given the answer to it, and we're also given Raru as the king of Hyrule, who is a... Zonai, who technically the Zonai aren't the people that built the actual like ruins or anything, or if they did, then what were they doing? But the idea is like connection to Scarlet Sword and things like that, because the Zonai are said to be from the sky and like are treated as like gods or whatever. But we know Hylians are literally from the sky from Skyward Sword. Yep. So then on top of that, we also have Hylians being represented and Zonite armor being worn by Hylian people. So where was the cultural divide? Where was the actual thing? Because Hylians apparently only formed after the union between the Zonai and the people on the ground. They formed Hyrule and therefore Hylians. Now, no, no, because Ganondorf says you you married a Hylian woman to him in the past. Oh, okay, fine, whatever. Yeah, so they're saying like. They're already calling like their regular humans Hylians. I guess they're regular humans Hylians then, but all their time exploring the sky, they didn't want to see a goat person or a fox lady. But at the same time, the thing that got me the most was, again, the wasted potential. Because we see Raru, we see him in spirit form, we get his hand, uh, the hand that we see on top of Ganondorf, uh, imprisoned underground. We even see the remnants of the Sheikah ruins that were on top of the first game that they even alluded to in this one that were supposedly containing something even worse underground at mm-hmm. this point. There's like a very brief mention of it. If you go in the library and the side door and you find it in Hyrule Castle, which it's pretty terrifying to go in there alone. But mm-hmm. the idea is if you explore it, you're rewarded. And yeah. in this case, it's talking about how it was established. You know, there's four divine beasts and then four other things that nobody knows what they do. Mm. And it's like, that's containing this evil. And the other thing is Shrine of Resurrection, which is gone in this game. Yeah. So it's like, why? How'd they do that? <laughs> why would you even get rid of it? But anyway, I digress. Point being, the idea of this new character, this goat guy, Radu, and it just feels like this self-insert you know, furry OC that literally yeah. is like perfect in every way, not self-insert, like a Gary Stu. Everyone loves him. He's super nice, super kind, super generous, and he knows Link, and he's there to support you because you have his arm. Why does he leave? Is there a good reason why he leaves? The is king bad? is one thing. He's a ghost, and he dissipates after giving you the thing, like, help my daughter. I'm, I was... Holding on for a hundred years for this, that I'm I'm gone. Like I'm out of energy. Raru is like, oh, I see you because you have my arm. 
Well, because I assume he was and then in, just his leaves. ear was probably in that arm the whole time because it's holding Ganondorf down and then like it grabs Link after he yeah. gets like, resurrected. So like whatever, That's, but I'm, like fucking video game magic. Who cares? I know, but he I'm doesn't. Like, he doesn't bother me. I know. I, I know. I'm saying I I very much am bothered by him because he's a waste yeah. of a character and he actively like halts either not only story progression but character interaction and development. And again, what it gets me even more is the fact that you have literally Phi or Fee, and in this case, why, like, why wouldn't she? Why couldn't she have been a partner again? Give her some redemption, change her, don't make her exactly the same. I like Fee. I do, but I'm I, saying I, like you I don't have to literally go. There's she, a ninety-seven point eight percent probability. Do not like her. But I, I like I liked James Cameron. In there in the original Wii one, she was almost insufferable. That being said, there was a kind of arc they tried to do with her, and it just felt flat for me, or fell flat for me at the end, where it's like, oh, I had a lot of fun. It's like, okay, well, you can't really show emotion right now. If you showed emotion, maybe that'd be one thing, but you haven't really changed through this entire endeavor either. <laughs> Minna, and this is where this is where my sky my Twilight Princess love comes from because Minna's the best side character hands down that's been in any side any character and or in any zelda game in my opinion yeah, i won't argue with that so that being because you just have literally starting out a whole character arc and a bitter that's a bittersweet resolution right there that right there tugs at the heartstrings because you've seen her grow you know how much they both mean to each other not only through every scene but every interaction and then ultimately she sacrifices that for the sake of their and her people's own safe safety. And that's where the bittersweet comes in. That's something that you do right. So that being that's, and again, I'm I'm being this, a I'm this being is gonna say something again about the difference between two of us. That story hits me about as well as this one does. <laughs> okay, like, so that's again. Like, I, I was I remember playing Twilight Prince the first time and I was really annoyed that Ganondorf just shows up. Well, I won't. I won't lie. That that was kind of out of left field. But at the same time, and like, yeah, you get, I thought like, it was oh, cool. cool. I thought it was cool. <laughs> it's cool. You get to fight him on horseback, and you have a sword duel at the end. But it's like, eh. those fucking sorry, those drums at the end, the do do do. Yeah, like it's cool in the moment. But like, it's one of those things, like it holds that one story holds as much weight as like this one does for me. Which like, again, like, I felt stuff as it was happening, but then like after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Ganondorf, if you want to talk about the the final battle, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. Well, I guess let's let's wrap up a little bit. I just yeah. want to wrap up one bit with the Zonai real quick. Yeah. Um, there's Zonai and there's Zonite. Um, yeah. Zonite can only be found in the depths. We didn't even mm-hmm. talk about the depths, which is my favorite part of this game. Because that was if you want to, yeah. I was going to say that's ex- actual exploration. That's yeah. actual content. That was not present. And again, you could go into the sky, you see the sky all the way in the distance and eventually get there. But it felt frustrating. I had to go back to the ground, run underneath it, wait for a rock to fall and then climb back up or build this inane machine that uses like 20,000 AA batteries in order to get over to this place and rockets. But with the depths, it was the same reason you didn't like it was why I loved it. I'm walking around. It's dark and i have no idea what's going on i throw one of these little light roots and all of a sudden i see like 15 of these creatures just come over and eat it immediately and i just have that one sight i go what the hell were those things like 
And yeah. it turns out they're super easy to beat. But yeah, the idea yeah. is, and then there's stall horses down there that you can ride over the miasma and all the gloom that's infecting the area. Yeah. The only place you can get healed technically is underneath these light roots that are in these areas. It's all mystery. It's an all new place to explore. And they have all these references to the twilight in there. Again, and that's I the got thing too I was scared. I saw a gloom Lionel in the distance and I was like, peace. And I went back <laughs> I'm just saying, like, there's there's references, direct references even to the Twilight in there. And some of the armor pieces that you can get down there are references to the Twilight. I do like too. that uh all of the old amiibo armor and stuff is just in the game. You can just get it. That's another thing that I kind of frustrates me about that too. But right. well, they're also why awesome. why do they have the heads of the divine beasts? Whatever. <laughs> like but that's what i'm saying it's like a direct sequel that contradicts so much of the original and the one that i liked and this one i like maybe story they, maybe divine, story they, blew it they probably designed the divine beast off those old headdresses yeah but that's the we have to guess and then on top of that you know they were guessing about the zone in the first game do you know what i mean like you just you but, I'm, but i'm saying we but we got a wrong like here we're getting just contradictory information do you know for do you know out of the third did you get any of the 13 like additional histories on those little star islands that you took pictures of and translated. oh yeah, yeah. i was getting those yeah i don't think yeah. i finished them there was a um, couple that were annoying to get to and like i was like i was at the end of the game and i was just like oh, i just want to beat the game and yeah. uh, i'll give a slight spoiler for you without uh, spoiling yeah. anything uh they don't mean jack they no, don't yeah, no, they're tell like, you they're like anything. zelda had soup today Zelda had soup, and uh, this secretary was nice, and this, that, and the other thing. Do you know there's not one reference to them having a kid? Sonya and Raru? It's because nobody uh, has sex in in Nintendo games. But what I'm saying is they're talking about Zelda as a direct descendant of this person. And there is not one mention. We get eight different... We get a coffee scene in one of the tiers. We have 13 additional things that could have elaborated on their daily life that was elaborating on their daily life that was talking about the most inane nonsense yet we do not even hear about one kid that is assigned to these two therefore the lineage effectively could have ended there but we know it didn't because zelda has time powers yeah but because we know it didn't it doesn't matter that we see a kid did you want to see that's That's where i wholly disagree i i view that as just a major oversight that is like you could have shown a cradle you should have said like you know i don't know how my own like they were having a daughter and they named her zelda you know what i mean like i don't know it could have been something that confused the timeline even more but on top of that, you have the other situation where there's just all this other contradictory information in there. And it's like, guys, guys, why didn't you focus on any of this? Like, again, why the, why the Divine Beasts even look like those helmets? We don't know the sages' names, but I can guess that they are technically named after them. Yeah, probably like... No idea. We can't, can't say it for sure. But the idea is each one of them is named after, let's say, a lineage that's associated with, like, let's say, like, I mean, medley already, kind of. They already uh, did that in the first game. Like, they're clearly Nabooru and Rita, Rito and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Like, we can infer that. But then when we see these guys, we don't even know their names. So we can't even back that up. 
So we can't even say if the divine beasts were made. Not all every mystery has an answer, and sometimes answers are disappointing. I was going to say life that, works. I know, but that's where the disappointment comes in this one too. And there's a whole mission to explore. Oh well, I'll tell you why the islands are floating if you do this entire thing. And I say, done deal. I'm looking for answers, and I do the whole mission. It goes the islands float because the sages uses magic to make them float. I was going to say, I was going to assume it was just because it was magic. Why were they floating in Skyward Sword? Because magic. That was different because there's the goddess's magic and the goddesses still exist clearly and they there. just do things. Yeah, but these are even sages. And then it's like, oh, MacGuffin number, here's our tier. <laughs> like, all right. You don't even have that Triforce at all, yet you're establishing these stupid tiers that A, you could bestow it to anybody and Rara's an idiot. So on top of that, then I'll wrap this up. All I'm saying is the fact you find Zonite only in the depths and in caves that power all the Zonite stuff could have been a really cool way to say hey maybe they're getting their magic and godlike powers from places they really don't understand or shouldn't maybe there's a twist in this i'm not a huge fan of twist villains but blindly trusting this guy immediately and not having any other ulterior motive it's like well okay i trust him but just be like it just feels like that was such a waste of potential imagine you're using all these powers and fighting with this hand all of a sudden it goes against your wishes now you know what i mean like you can't use your powers but you got all these friends along the way that are able to stop that from happening i'm just saying i mean that would have been i'm not gonna say that wouldn't have been cool i'm just saying at the end of the day it's nintendo game I, I, I can't accept that. That's the problem. I just can't accept that. I need to hold somebody to account for that because that most of this oh, just you can seems hold like... them to account for that, that they give you lame stories, but like, has there ever been another story in a Star Fox game besides like the, the dinosaur one? I like the salt. Do you know what, but do you know what I mean? Like, but they keep just rebooting. Everything's the same story. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't like those games. I don't buy them anymore. Oh, I, I, I like the salt. It's <laughs> like just, the salt was great because it expanded on the story. And I get that, it. My, I, my point is, is like that's the exception to the rule for just. It's not a Zelda specific problem. It's a Nintendo issue. It depends because Xenoblade's good like that, and that's. Well, that's but I'm talking first, like first party Nintendo issue. Yeah, but I'm saying like even in po- their most recent Pokemon, the story is actually better than this, and I'm like. How did Pokemon outdo you guys, really? I mean, Garland the Fire. last Pokemon game I played was Sword, and I hated it. Yeah, I skipped Sword and Shield. I was yeah, like, so... I saw all the stuff that they took away, and I'm like, nope. But this one, they brought a lot of it back. I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot. I like I, the, but... the new one. It doesn't look like it's enough to, to bring me back into the fold. I that's I, that's, I, a, that's I, a different I was, conversation. I was going to say, I was also a major fan of Legends Arceus and talking about collectathons and Pokemon. That was my crack. And I literally... That's true. I, 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 did, I did enjoy all this. <laughs> so, and that, that being said, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting off topic. Um, off topic. Th- all I'm saying is the Zonite could have had, or the Zonai could have had maybe a more narrative focus on why some of the stuff was happening. However, the crux of the issue stems back to Ganondorf himself. And this is where you, I think, got the most glee out of hearing my uh, absolute unhinged rants about how much I think they wasted this character. (laughs) Either glee or you just put up with it for the sake of it. So so one of our other uh, players in our D&D game loves Matt Mercer. Mm-hmm. And like was super excited that he's Ganondorf, and like I don't think this is his fault. I think it's the direction he was given. But like he's terrible in this game. Well, look what he was given to work with. That's what I'm saying. The best lines, the best lines he with. had, the best lines he had yeah. were the tr- lines in the trailer. That was yeah. it. 
And then on top of that, oh, again, Ganondorf is evil, guys. Uh, didn't didn't think you would need to be told that after almost 40 years, or 30, at least 30 years. You know what? I think that your only expectation is that they would have more formers because Wind Waker handled him well. Yeah. One one game from like a million yeah, years Yeah, but like that, that should have been like a good precedent to be like, hey, you're focusing on... His story, story is still the same that he had in Twilight Princess and Ocarina of Time. Twilight Princess was a little bit different because it had his arrogance being his comeuppance. He was taking care of it. part of his comeuppance in this too. But what I'm saying is it was also showing him having a more active hand, a more nefarious deal. And it was also present at that point. He showed up at the 11th hour. I don't want to hear about him being present. Um, no, what I'm saying is Zant was a common presence and it was awarded to him by Ganondorf because of the hubris of the Hylians and the sages that thought, oh, just yeah. throw him in the freaking garbage bin. No one's going to look. And it turned out that was a huge issue that thematically ties into the resolution at the end. I'm not defending it. I'm sorry. I'm going to move on. All I'm saying is the idea that I don't like he was showing shoehorned in there either technically or should have had more presence. But in this case, I feel like you could have actually elaborated on the situation that Ganondorf was put into at this point. The fact that he's just a power hungry warlord from the desert is his main character trait for the last 20 plus 30 years. It's like one of these things where it's like, there's been no nuance. So if you're going to use the same map, then, and it's like, oh, we add a new gameplay mechanics. It's like, I thought you would have handled the story better. You would have made a more interesting story. There's tons of ways that Ganondorf could have been a better, like not even a protagonist. And then you also have the mural on the wall. Yeah, Like you have that mural on the wall, that whole Calamity Ganon situation. I think... So I, I, again, this goes back into the story versus gameplay elements. So with Breath of the Wild, and and obviously that continues in this game, the open sky thing, where like it's the com- it's the it's the age old Zelda conundrum that fans seem to have. Do you prefer linearity? Do you prefer open space, like linear versus not? And I think with the the they went established a non linearity in the first one. They obviously wanted to continue that in this one, and like I think you can. I don't think you can expect a very compelling story in a non-linear scenario like this. I'm not saying it can't be done or that they couldn't have done it. I think that just was not their priority. Yeah, that's disappointing. So I you can be disappointed. I'm just I don't think that was a priority for them. No, yeah, I'm just I'm I, I giving, I'm giving my rant about that this. if it was a priority for them because I also would have liked it. I, I would have. I mean, I've seen so many better fan iterations of this. And again, like even tracing back to the mural, the whole idea that you see um, a hero clad in red or red hair that is fighting Calamity Ganon along with the descendant of Hylia, who looks on all intents like a Hylian you know gold blonde hair and it's like shooting shooting Calamity Ganon and you know that's it we don't hear anything about it we don't hear anything more about the hero but it's odd that it's not Link you know what I mean like that mystery I never got and the you get, and you get the answer like you get the answer to that if you get all the shrines but it's really disappointing oh, I, and my, I didn't know if you got anything for getting all the shrines uh, oh sorry no spoiler um, I you get, get it. all the shrines I, I was saying you get something that is yeah. v- immensely disappointing and it's not even worth it um because it's just was, it's a really bad outfit yeah. too i'm just in I'm the first gonna, game, right i was it. glad and disappointed in what you got it was yes. cool that you got like the classic zelda like link tunic mm. but i like i didn't like that you got it after getting all the shrines it's the same problem with like getting the the master cycle like it's a really cool end game reward like it's something you like earned 
But then it's like, unless you do a new game plus, it's like, well, I've already explored the whole world. Like, I don't get a lot of just riding around on a motorcycle now. You could do sick jumps though. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you can do six. And you can also you can also stutter the game that it. fails to keep up with the rendering. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes like having that stuff's cool at the end, but like, mm-hmm. oh, I would love a new game plus where like I can take all the stuff I have, start the mm-hmm. game over, and then I can play the whole game as like a classic looking link. Because yeah. as it is, like I beat both of these games more or less mm-hmm. in just like the original like Hylian three piece like outfit and I died at green. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. I don't know, that's cool for me, but like Yeah, I mean that's about it. I mean that's what you can do. The champion's tunic is still the thing I usually wear. Like I wear the the diamond uh headband for the attack up and then the champion's tunic for sheer armor and then uh knight leggings that have the highest defense for any pants. I did get like the knight armor like upgraded in the first game. I died at green and that's when I I didn't really wear it until like I was like, all right, I'm storming the castle at the end of the game. Yeah. Um like you know that's like a little story beat i made from i I don't know it's the things you do there's like i I said it during the the breath of the wild and there's a lot more of that in this like one of Mm -hmm. the first things i did as i was riding a horse to like a shrine or whatever and i saw like some people being attacked by bokoblins and i rolled up and i like attacked him and i saved him and they gave me a little reward for doing it i was like i felt like a hero yeah that's awesome and like because i did it myself so like i i think that's more where these kinds of things shine in terms of their like the the way they yeah. the direction they're telling the story rather than like yeah. rather than the plot you know mm, I I I could I disagree on the sense um, strictly because Breath of the Wild it was all about memories and that was where like big plot points started coming in again you could literally go you, and some amnesiatic but what mega warrior that like, oh, was literally that, a hundred years ago and they're i was gonna say i was gonna say this atrophied mega warrior with amnesia just basically yeah. is on a crusade to go to uh, a castle and save somebody because a ghost told him to it's when you write that down on paper it's like that's crazy but well, as you ghost explore, told you to do it in the first game too uh, no, that's no, that's what I'm oh, saying. Sorry, for, for Breath of the Wild, so yeah, and so like I was just bri- poorly summarizing Breath of the Wild there. But yeah. the point being that there's more things you can do, and yeah. the more that you do, the more you explore, the more you ex- see the actual images and follow the people, you get more scenes unlocked. You see the characters unfolding as you knew them, and realize ultimately what has been lost. And that starts progressing. And I think there's really only just like one that is kind of revealing, I would say. And I guess in that similar vein, it's here. But the final memory is only triggered after you get all the other memories, which shows Link dying and what Zelda did to not only save the Master Sword, but also uh, Hyrule at this point. So it's like that shows what she did. And like, I think the one before it technically shows like the world going to shit. There's no resolution. In this one, the most hilarious tears that I found, I was exploring in North Hebra and the second and what I think the third geoglyph, because I deliberately sought them out. The third geoglyph I found was Ganondorf um, becoming like I just saw Queen Sonya dead on the ground and Ganondorf becoming the ultimate demon lord and cackling maniacally talking about Raru who forgot the most important rule about keeping your friends close and your enemies closer is that you disarm your enemies and make sure they you can kill them if they step out of line. That being yeah. said, 
he they turns in the demon lord they're like oh my god it's terrible what are we gonna do and then i got the next cut scene which is on the next mountain range to the right which was the master sword one which said gee it sure is good that we defeated that ganondorf guy yeah, it's yeah. like god damn it like, you've got to be kidding me no the master sword <laughs> one's the worst one i mean it's the most revealing and that's yeah. when i that's when i spoke to you and I was irate. <laughs> and I knew exactly what you would what you would just say. I, and I yeah. thank you for not technically spoiling that, but um, I was basically saying because I remember the first game, there were only three dragons. Suddenly, there's a fourth. I and I was like, that, that was a new huh, dragon. This one, like, this one's a golden like, dragon. I wonder if that dragon we saw at the very beginning of the game. Somebody was like, oh, I thought that was just like Feyrash or whatever. Yeah, and I was like, no, it's definitely a golden dragon. I'm like, it's yeah. weird. And then all of a sudden, I'm like. Son of, I, I knew it that I had a feeling at that point. I'm like, they wouldn't do that, right? They did. And oh. they, again, uh, the existential terror of living as a mindless flying lizard through like the rest of eternity for like 10,000 plus years, because the yeah. technology was developed 10,000 years ago. This also was 10,000 years ago. So there was like maybe a few decade gap. I, between. I think it's just one of those things where just like, it's so long in the past. It doesn't matter what number you put on it. And that's it. Uh, but you know, no definitive answers. Humans, despite all our, these histories being written. Well, like in real world game. history doesn't stretch back 10,000 years. That's what I'm saying. We were developing agriculture 10,000 years ago. Yeah. So I'm like, what, oh, uh, like okay if you have so that's again, elf people i know but i i, I yeah. would like some cohesion with some of the stuff and like i said not even with the greater timeline stuff i'm over that i'm just more i'm more upset about the fact that two games six years apart are having difficulties reconciling with one another and i'm like how did that happen and again there's so many there's so many narrative elements that i feel are either just left out or left up to assumption oh well they must have had a kid well, oh, they well they must have commissioned the divine beast based off the helmets. Well, you can oh, they must it. have done. They must have gotten the zonite from the underground first and somehow made it up up to the top. I, you know, it's, the, well, all these mines down the here. Up, up the, say, said it used to be more plentiful up there, but like they've mined it. Yeah, and they have all the mines in the actual abyss or the depths. Yeah. I keep calling it the abyss, yeah. but they but have the say, they, they have the mines in the depths. But yeah. again, it's like one of these things where it's like it's also spiritually linked, technically. Like you know what I mean? Because Minerdu uh, is the is the spirit, and she's yeah. got that green energy flowing through the construct, and all these other constructs have green energy flowing through it. And when her spirit ascends, then the construct doesn't have green energy and it dies. Are yeah. all of these spirits that are in these constructs maybe, and the pose that are surrounding them are also lost spirits? The shadow people holding the swords are against all these other areas. Yeah, all on all and the giant statues with all the bargaining like people down there all left untouched no no payoff at all if you found it that's it i mean i don't see a difference between that and then finding mysterious ruins in the first game i'm just saying that one was yeah. literally out of your I was way gonna give people a challenge at home can you tell which one of us is an english teacher uh, well. more of a care for stories yeah, and which one is a lot more obsessive about inane nonsense? Um, yeah. I'll, um, I'll give you the answer right now. <laughs> yeah. But I, I won't spoil the answer for you. I'll let you follow well, that say, decision. Well, it's been about two hours in uh, recording time. I don't know what it's going to wind up being in editing. 
But I think it's probably oh, yeah. a good time to, to put an end to it. Uh, I was going to say, I, I thank you for giving me an outlet for some of this uh, more unhinged rant. I'll let everyone know you calm down way down. Like you actually seem like you enjoy the game now. Like I, as I said, from the very beginning, I, yeah. the more I played, the more I did like it. And I think the outlook of focusing solely on the characters was good. I think, again, I like the characters in this game, just not the ones in the past and not the ones relevant to the plot which I think is such a letdown. So that being said, I had a lot more fun ignoring the plot, doing my own thing, and also duplicating every single item, so don't update. But at the same time, that is just... It's all subjective. It's all a video game. And as we established in the very beginning, I have very particular uh, tastes, as much as you do. And neither is right. Uh, I think it's just in whatever you resonate with more and how you know different beats affect different people and the fact that we can we can all enjoy the same series and have wildly different opinions is something i think is really nice and i think that's fun that's why i wanted to have this episode and just and explore that a little bit Mm -hmm. and like i know a lot of my stuff probably sounds like uh like dismissal for you but like i'm just being honest with like how i feel like i approach these these kinds of things and i think expectation plays a long I unhooked myself from hype cycle from video games a long time ago, and it's because of Zelda, and it's because I, they're constantly getting like delayed and stuff. So it's just like I can't sit here I, in anticipation for so long. And I and I think that's that was the difference because uh, Breath yeah. of the Wild got me in back into the hype cycle yeah. for video games, and also because Mario Odyssey came out that same year too. Oh, that was an fantastic. amazing year for games. But like Xeno, Xeno example, Blade 2 came out too. That was awesome. For example, like, like one of the it. things we do as a store at the end of the year, like we each kind of put in like our uh we have our what, it, what current year didn't completely suck awards. Um and <laughs> like so my my pick for game of the year that year was Mario Odyssey mm-hmm. over Breath of the Wild. Whereas like two other people picked Breath of the Wild, but I picked Mario Odyssey because my favorite Mario game was Super Mario 64. And this finally felt like the sequel to that that I always wanted. Yep. And like it gave me everything I wanted from a Mario game, whereas Breath of the Wild didn't give me everything I want from a Zelda game. Right. And I feel like this one does more of that. So just top half or bottom half, where does uh Tears of the Kingdom fall on your <laughs> Zelda Zelda like 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 scale? I would say um for me personally, it would probably be right in the middle. Um that or at least good. I would say maybe upper middle. So I would put it probably well, definitely below Wind Waker. Um, I just top half or bottom half. I'd say just at the just at the cusp of top half. Yeah, but that's also just kind of like legacy out of like doing more yeah. of Breath of the Wild and, Part- and enjoying the aspects. And I think the depths, honestly, for the sheer exploration factor, uh, boosted this a lot. Yeah, I would. I'm trying to take some recency bias out of this, but I would put it in like I'd probably put it a little bit higher than that. I'd probably mm-hmm. put it like just out of like my top 10, top five, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I prefer the more linear Zelda games because I like the more complicated dungeons and puzzles and stuff. And that's the kind of thing you can only really achieve when like you can kind of like have the player like learn lessons throughout the game that like, you know, that they're getting versus in these ones, like you don't know what they're, you have to be able to do anything out of any, at any order. Um, so they can't be more complex than, I don't know, than they can be, but um, but that's a that's a personal taste thing, and I definitely get why people like one or the other. 
Um, but dude, thank you so much for giving me some time. No, thanks for having me. I appreciate the time I was given. Yeah. So. And uh, again, we are friends, even though we sound like we're fighting this whole time. And <laughs> you do like the game and we do. We, and we like similar things and we don't like similar things. Mm-hmm. And but like, that's part of like. The discussion is interesting. And mm-hmm. like, I think it's fascinating that Zelda is a franchise that like you can have such wildly different tastes in gaming and still find games that you like in it mm-hmm. versus like other ones like. Sonic the Hedgehog, you're kind of getting a fundamentally similar experience every time, and it's usually oh, pretty bad. Oh boy, that, well, that could be a topic for another discussion. I mean, <laughs> don't don't misunderstand me. I loved Sonic growing up, and I like I like Sonic Mania, but like, man, mm-hmm. I don't think there's been a really good 3D Sonic game ever. And I played a lot of Sonic Adventure two as a kid, mm-hmm. but that's a different conversation. But um, it might be. Well, maybe I'll come back on for one of those. But I would say, you know, if you have any. Any uh, anything you want to talk about, at least related to, uh, let's say, nerd related literature, comics, video games, I'm down to talk. I will definitely be doing more stuff. I'm I haven't done a, a tabletop RPG episode in a while. And I know we can get into some stuff on that. Oh boy! All right, as uh, you've made some pretty fun characters uh, in our <laughs> our main game, but we'll save that for a different one. Maybe I'll bring in the rest of the party and we can talk about maybe when our campaign's done because. I try explaining like some of the cool stuff that we just set up in this last one. And like, I to like people at work and like, I sound like an insane person. Um, so <laughs> to be fair, when we talk about, you know, taking a goblin and throwing them at a wizard and busting up boxes and then ensnaring them in vines until we force feed them a, a invisibility potion. It was, it was weird. I did just <laughs> have, you know, our Warforge get hit with a lot of electricity and then a rune he had, uh, sent them uh 65 million years in the past they had to fight magical dinosaurs uh it's a whole and then now they went back and now they're too far into the future now it's like a post-apocalyptic thing uh yeah, and half our characters might be dead in self-sacrificing <laughs> this week so oh i don't I but, but the other half of the party that. set up to be a shrek 2 thing they don't have uh, the holding out for a hero part i'm so excited <laughs> You have no idea how excited I am for this Thursday, but um, I am I'm excited as well. So. I've got some amazing stuff set up. I talked to uh, one of our other players because uh, you guys at the end of this adventure, we're going to get some stuff. I'm going to give uh, her her things early because if she has them going into this you know, battle that you guys are about to do, it's just too cool not to, to have. I, I think I can I think I can picture what that's going to be. You have I'm no idea what I'm talking about. All right, all right, all right. It's something. It's something our uh, our mutual friend and I have discussed. Then I'll leave it to that. Yeah, so I'm very excited. But you know, that's a different conversation. Um, But thank you so much for joining me. Um, We'll see you guys uh, next time. So until then, be safe. Have a great one.